0: Yo! And the last one in the intro, Tom started by going "Yo!" But then made us delete it, so I didn't want to do it there. What's up? What's up? Okay, welcome to Challenging Behaviours. Woo! Woo! The podcast that challenges your behaviours and our behaviours and our behaviours. Everyone's our behaviours, specifically Tom's behaviours. Challenging your behaviours towards. Learn Difficulties and Disabilities. You've I think I said the that intro. in a really flippant <laughs> way. <laughs> You've got the intro on lock. You're smashing it. So in this episode, we talk about <laughs> professionals in the broadest sense. And then we kind of hone in on it a little bit. Uh, the phrase experts by experience, which was touched upon last week and we also talk a bit about my experiences uh with my own things and kind of how we would approach uh, some situations personally ourselves not necessarily the be all and end all of how to do things but just how we would approach them uh so enjoy yeah or don't Woo! try, try to, to do what you want just just listen we hey. are Sweet,
1: sorted. Um, before we get into the actual content of the podcast, I'm I'm here again, Tom. Adam's here again. Hello. We've also got Jack here now. Oh,
0: hello.
1: We just thought we'd... Uh,
2: Hi, we'd, Jack. We'd, Hi. Yeah. Hey,
1: how's it going? Uh, so we, we were, got you on podcast duty because you had lovely mics and great times. Um, we just thought we'd ask you to explain your sort of Position,
0: I guess. My position. Uh,
1: I
2: don't know what it was. Other, other than the one that's responsible for entirely upgrading our the whole podcast. Well, let's yeah. see I'm I'm it's This the is sound kind of, of it. its uh,
0: <laughs> all the equipment's first kind of proper rollout. So exciting! It's exciting! Props, I'm constantly just eyeing the screen just to see what the blue line of fun is doing. Um, but I'm not just here for that. How <laughs> How dare you imply <laughs> oh, no. such a thing? Yeah. I just the... want me for my.
1: We want you for your My information and technological. Every, we feel like you're bringing another hands. aspect to the to the already brilliant combination riveting the, discussion. The final the final
0: corner to the to the trifecta. trifecta, yeah, trifecta experience. <laughs> yeah, so I guess
1: <laughs> we both um, sort of gave quick intros in the last one. Yeah, You gave a quick intro, I gave a lengthy So if you just want to give a bit about um, where you're coming at it from
0: Oh, I've got kind of two kind of areas to come at it from So I guess, uh, first of all, is like my own personal experience uh, I have uh, dyspraxia, I'm kind of more in the severe sort of I'm in the medium to severe range Apparently that's the thing, it probably isn't anymore But when I was diagnosed when I was oh, six or seven I think I was originally diagnosed with it um, that was the term that was used. Um, it's lovely, isn't it? Moderate, yeah, especially so. six it, and seven. It's quite vague as well. Call me medium or call me severe. Also, that's like <laughs> of the
1: three things. So it could be like low, medium, or severe. They've taken two mm, of them. They've been yeah. like, let's just like we're Somewhere not narrowing this down. Yeah, not low. They could have said <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's not low. Well, he's not low. <laughs> I can tell um, you that. So I've kind of got that kind of angle of my own uh, sort of personal experiences there. And then work-wise, um, so I've kind of been doing this, uh, so working with mainly with young people with learning difficulties since I was about 15, 16. So I used to um, go to this youth centre uh, where uh, I would help organise doing gigs and stuff. And um, a charity, uh, it was Barnardo's, did a, um, did a youth group there and one time i was just in the center and i just kind of stumbled stumbled into this youth group like what is going on here and then i just kind of stuck with it um but now so like 13 years later i'm still uh working with young people uh i had i've worked from probably from like from 4 years for 4 years up basically uh four year olds cuz i also worked in a primary school as a teaching assistant so and I've seen it. a wide range of. And you do it
1: full things. time now. And now
0: I do it full yeah. time.
2: Really, um, like forced your way in through the door as well the, yeah. in that um, place. Like
0: quite. I don't know if I should say this or not. But um, so when I was first uh, with Bernardo's, you couldn't be a volunteer until you were eighteen, but they just let me come along anyway. Mm. <laughs> and as soon as I uh, came of age, they they you know were like all right, we'll give you some money. Just like, just like a friend here, yeah. he turned eighteen, so. and he started bringing in the green. <laughs> <laughs> Still do most of my stuff as a volunteer. Roll not in it. Make me feel guilty. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think I've got a few different kind of. Yeah, I mean, got the working and my own sort of personal.
1: Yeah, I think it's great to have you on board, and your lovely mics, my lovely mics. That's, yeah. rea- that's what I'm really. I-
2: <laughs> Welcome, Mike.
1: Yeah. So today we were going to talk about something we touched on in the first episode. Yeah. And we realised in hindsight that we probably thought people would understand what we meant when not necessarily everyone would. We slipped into a bit of a sort of talking like we would outside of a being on air, where we just kind of use things yeah. that we all, all three of us understand from our experiences, but mm. not necessarily everyone would. So we were talking about the terms experts by experience, and then also that linked to the idea of whether someone's like a, whether they feel like they're a professional or not. So especially you two could be classed as professionals in what you do because you're paid full-time people mm-hmm. at it. But I know Adam, you have a bit of a, not problem, but you did. Uh, well,
2: I had like a particular reaction yeah. to it when you said, and like, I don't know expert.
0: how you I feel. Would, I would consider myself a professional. I've never considered myself an expert. Um,
2: yeah likewise but I was. but my specific thing um was when I f- first started working in the I mean I said in the in episode one um as a community learning facilitator it was my first experience uh, in the in the in the role in the sector um full stop and I really didn't know I didn't Particularly, have any training? I think it's a, a three-week induction, um, which is quite—that's quite a lot—and it was really good training. But it doesn't really prepare you for um, for the for the job that you're doing, particularly. Um, but and and on my my very first couple of days, I had to go to uh, uh, an MDT (multidisciplinary team) meeting in where was it like suffolk it was at an um, assessment and treatment unit because uh, james mentioned in episode one um, he'd been sectioned under the mental health act at the time and i was i'd been assigned as his key worker and i had to go and sit in this meeting with uh, psychologists um, speech and language therapists his parents, who I'd met for the first time um, that day, doctors, etc. And I was absolutely, like, I felt completely out of my depth. Um, very, very uncomfortable. I was slight, sort of shrunk into my chair, hoping that nobody was going to talk to me or ask me any questions. Because I, I wouldn't, been, wouldn't have been able to answer them, wouldn't have been confident even to, to have a go. Um, but when I actually got working with James, um, it wasn't very long like we made a really good start we were doing some really good work um it wasn't just me we had a good team um and Fran James's mum quickly started using the word professionals when referring to us um and referring to me and I said to you Tom um at, at some point I think I don't know if it was in a text or whether we would drunk at a pub at some point but we were talking about it nice. and um, I really struggled with that word professionals because I, I felt at the time at least that I really didn't know what I was doing I was just making sort of the best guess that I could like at the time I was trying to do you know make the best decisions or what I thought were the best decisions in, in any particular time in in any particular situation and sort of hoping for the best and it was it was always fine because, you know, we were working as a team um, and not sort of assuming that we knew everything. Or I wasn't anyway. Um, I did everything we were talking about last week, just getting to know James, trying to understand what his challenges were, what his personality was like, you know, what he wanted from his life and seeing if we could figure out some way to um, you know, facilitate that. Um, but I had a real anxiety about that word "professional" because I didn't feel like I was one. Um, where uh, his family, mum in particular, and I imagine your mum, probably, I, I would guess that she would say the same thing. They're experts by experience because they don't have any. It's really, it was really interesting. It stands out to me that i w- I was deemed a professional in some capacity because it was my job, whereas their sort of views and opinions and experience aren't really necessarily um valued in the same way, even though they are they really know what they're talking about. they have vast experience um but it's not in a professional capacity um yeah, so the terminology is really interesting. Me, I thought. Um, so I don't know if you've
1: ever, yeah, just to clear up there, um, have got like I got a little so you're saying you I was right,
2: uh, wa- waffling for long time, then it's Just say it, it. just no, say it. I
1: just, I so you were saying that Fran, um, was an expert by experience, or did she yeah, say Yeah,
2: she would describe herself as an expert, and by did experience. she say that, that has you no you qualification?
1: Did you say would you say you're an expert by experience then, or do you think it's more of a
2: I wouldn't I wouldn't no. like to say expert. Yeah, no, yeah. But That's um I do have much more experience now. I yeah. consider I now I'm more comfortable like thinking of myself as a as a professional. But um you know, I've had the job for Yeah a fair a fair while now. But um but I definitely had anxieties about about that word um, at the time.
1: I think it's interesting as well, because like you said in your, um, what you're saying just then, you were a professional from the moment you got the job, mm. which is so strange because when you're in that meeting, you were there as a professional, but you were coming at it from a point where you had no, 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 yeah, no knowledge <laughs> at yeah. all. And it's like, it, that's, so it's like a level, because I guess at what point do you become a professional? You, you do mm. become a professional when you get the job. But that doesn't mean you necessarily have the knowledge or can back it up as a professional mm. from the moment you arrive. So, yeah, like, it was a coincidence that you happened to get the job and then three days later end up at this really important meeting. But you were still at the meeting as a professional. Yeah. Just because, even if you didn't feel like you had the knowledge and people would have seen it as you being there on your professional base, on a professional basis. Yeah. That's really interesting.
2: And it's interesting, I think, to contrast with that with um, experiences that I know, like, I know friend would say, and I imagine again your mum would say the same, you can have meetings and interactions with like professionals, actual sort of professionals, people that, you know, doctors and consultants and um, psychological consultants and things like that who, you know, have authority and because of, just because of their role, just because of their training, but actually don't. Seem to, and I'm not slighting the professions, but you know, I think definitely had interactions with people who just don't really seem to know, not know what they're talking talking about, but
0: they know, like a like a theory sort of level, they're yeah, very yeah, detached, yeah, um, yeah. detached. I mean, that's yeah. how um, I've always, whenever I've kind of encountered uh, any anyway, of those sorts of professionals, um I've always felt like, okay, you've probably met this person we're discussing like once or twice for like a, 20 minutes each time mm. I don't know how you can make any kind of um, like judgement based on that other than the kind of theory you talk about well, I mean it's all important stuff to know but I think sometimes you know there needs to be a bit more done it's all about building up those relationships etc which it's not their fault it's just not what their job is They, yeah. mm. they have. they don't get given the opportunity to do that it's a really salient
2: point though and it comes up a lot in um your mum's book.
0: Plug Plug.
2: <laughs> Justice for Laughing Boy, Sarah Ryan. Um it comes up a lot. You know, all there
1: good are people yeah. <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> um
2: there are people in um It's not a good bookshop.
1: Hey, <laughs> <Aye>, plug! <laughs> <laughs>
2: there, are, there are people who interacted with Connor, right, and made um assessments and gave their um you know, made the diagnoses that hadn't actually done any work with him. You know, had met him. like, it, like sort yeah. of empowering. My mum talks quite a lot about
1: sort of so things like when Connor was younger, he struggled with sleep a lot, and like they'd see like consultants and all these people, and they did one sleep study where it, they talk about it in the book, but there was one sleep study my brother did where the results came back and they were so sort of askew. That the guys were like oh we need to redo this the machine was clearly faulty and then the results came back the second time around the same like they were still so like sort of um they were they were so different to what an average for lack of a better word sleep cycle seems to be mm. that they were like oh we can't use the data because it will skew our overall point and when one was like well I did this on the basis that you were going to kind of sh- show me or give me some sort of answers for how to help with connor's sleep cycle and they were just like have you tried a star chart and yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. one of the, it's one of those moments <laughs> star where it's charts. like it's
0: always on, star chart. yeah
1: on paper it's yeah you can say like well people react really well to you get a star if you do this you don't get a star if you don't do this but that doesn't you know these are such wide spectrums that just because it works for one person mm. you cannot categorize at all and it's that even goes into our life like any kids like star charts are something that will work with some kids they won't work with others and it's just like that whole I guess coming at it professionally it's you're you're treading on a you're treading lightly in the way that you can risk you know it's really difficult if you've never met the person because there's not really any especially with something like autism where the spectrum's so wide and most other sort of learning difficulties too is that each person is so different that there's not really a given it's not like something like back pain where you can just prescribe something and And
0: it's like yeah sleeping having a star chart sleeping, I don't know if it's going on, like, a bit off topic, but that's not, like, something you can control, and having, yeah. like, a reward for successfully getting to sleep, and if you don't get it, you're going to feel terrible about yeah. not being able to get sleep, it's not something you can control, mm. uh, I'm sure anyone, anyone who struggles to sleep would be very dejected, yeah, I mean, this is it. I didn't get a gold star for not getting a baby, I'm a terrible sleeper, and mm. I knew I wasn't getting a gold star for not going to sleep. It'll probably properly. keep me up worrying oh, about
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Starchart is such a generic um, go to so, yeah, go to approach. Like I don't have a I, I'm I would basically say I'm in favour of the sort of underlying concept. I, I I'm totally on board with um, you know systems and strategies to um, help communicate and encourage sort of through motivation and incentive and um, sort of reward and things like that but the sort of recommending just a bog standard star chart in a situation where it's such a like clearly you need a bespoke sort of person-centered approach you need to really work with this person and figure out um a a way of sort of motivating encouraging fostering a more healthy um you know behavior um not just a behavior pattern but um you know sort of like engagement with a more healthy lifestyle pattern you know whatever it might be that's i'm using generic language again but um Intervention might be necessary, but just thinking that you can th- throw a, a star chart at it and that that will solve the solve the problem is really naive and quite kind bizarre. Of, yeah, yeah. I think
1: that that's the whole profession professional thing, and I guess I would presume maybe we haven't actually heard your view on the words, but just on what Adam said so far is that I think it's something that the word profession and the issue that people can draw with it is that. You do like you were saying. You come at it from a perspective of not person-centered, more book or theory-centered. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like this sleep cycle one is such a like. It's one example of there's so many, but like yeah, that's. It, it, sometimes you do just need something that works person to person, and it's it's not even the professionals' fault because they don't have the yeah. time to get to know someone. But and it's easy for us to sit here where we know certain individuals really well, and we feel like we person-centered is very important. But like yeah, it's something you can't always, you don't always have the times to come up with that so it can just be like, have you tried a star chart? But that's mm-hmm. something that maybe can come across as really patronising and sort mm-hmm. of strange.
0: Um, and you know, it, it can be the easier option as well, I guess. It's just to be like, just throw a star chart at them, see if that works before we yeah think have Trying to think of something a bit more complicated than and that. You also,
1: and I guess you keep them busy with a star chart for at yeah. least and, you two know, weeks or something. Like we
0: said, they, they probably can't imagine the amount of different, uh, you know, uh, young people or adults they could be possibly working with. So it's it's very easy, like to like when we encounter professionals like that, um, to like roll our eyes and like, ugh, when we hear that this is. But you know, it's they're doing what they can. I don't think there's any kind of I don't know what the word would be. Um, I don't
1: think it's malicious. I oh no, would, not, yeah, like, not nice. malicious at all. But I mean, I don't oh, think it's I out word. of.
0: Uh, I wasn't going for that. Like, I don't think it's out of like like they can't be bothered. But yeah. Laziness. Yeah. There we go. Goodness <laughs> me. It took me a long time <laughs> to come with laziness. Um, or like, I'm sure if they had the time to do all these things, they would. Um, and it's you know it's it's the system, but yeah. at the same time I can't I can't say how to fix that system. I have no idea. But it's easy just to, for us to be like, oh, these yeah. typical, isn't it? Uh, oh, these guys.
2: But when you work, yeah, it, it is easy. We don't mean to like certainly not just trying to um, sort of slight professionals and people working professional capacity, but. Um, it is when you do when you spend a lot of time working on the ground floor you know with like directly with mm-hmm. families and um, you know children and adults affected by um, you know what, whatever their sort um, of di- diagnosis for want of a better word mm-hmm. is it, you can understand the frustration for um, you know, parents that have been trying Super hard for you know weeks, months, years with a particular issue, and then somebody turns around and says Star Trek. You can you can understand the frustration. The person, the professional, doesn't mean anything by it, but um, that doesn't. You can can understand how exasperating it is. I was in an MDT once when um, James had been. It was for James, and there was a particular. Uh, it wasn't really an incident, but there was a particular example of where he'd been quite uh, sort of agitated um, for a little while, and how he'd ex- expressed. Uh, so this is a complex thing; it's going to be uh, sound a little misleading. Misleading, but um, he expressed his um, agitation through wanting um, something to eat. He communic like articulated how he was feeling by saying, "I oh, want some food. I'm hungry." it wasn't really, there was more, it was more complex than that, you know, he was in a a sort of a low period in his mental health and kind of everything was aggravating him at the time, Um, and he happened to express it through wanting a meal, you know, the reason he was angry at that point was that he, you know, was hungry, he wanted some food, and um, I, I, I just, I can't remember, but I would imagine it was Fran t- like sort of telling that story, expressing that in this NDT, and one of the um, consultants said, oh, so maybe, like, have we thought about maybe um, providing him with a snack in the, um, like, through the day? Oh, okay. and it's like, oh, you're, t- like, you're totally yeah. missing the point, the problem isn't
1: uh, like, it would be them? fucking amazing,
2: you know, <laughs> the only thing we need to do is give him a fucking Mars bar halfway through <laughs> the day, and it would solve all of You know all of the um, all of the issues. You know it would make it would completely
1: you know work a miracle on his yeah yeah,
2: his mental health and um, and solve all of the challenges that he faces um, day to day. Imagine if it was that simple. And it's kind of disrespectful in a sense. (laughs) To
1: a yeah. Yeah. To think that it it would be
2: so easy. um, Yet they haven't. It hasn't occurred to them to just give him a give him a snack, <laughs> you know, put a star chart in place, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you can understand why it's maddening. Yeah,
0: the definitely. The one thing I just realised, we keep saying professionals and kind of dancing around actually saying like what these professions are, and just thinking like, people listening to this may not know what we, we keep saying professionals, and we all know what we mean, yeah, the kind yeah, of professions we we're talking about. Sort of con- um, consultants. Consultants. Psychiatrists. Like like not bad mouth I don't want to be you guys are shit these people suck they're great they're really important yeah, dude, pro- it's like how you profession. approach your
1: job and that's the same that's the same with what you guys do as well though because you could be you know put like so I'm gonna put you in the activity manager bracket right now I know you're technically not anymore but so but like you just do what you're gonna do so you could like not that I've ever encountered anyone who's not been amazing in the charity that we work with but the idea of putting on activities with young people you can approach it in a way that would be sort of awful and sort of come across as just uninterested sort of not really very individualized just sort of take everyone to legoland and give them all like you know let them all do like you know not very person like you guys really think through who mm-hmm. is gonna like what and making sure that there's something for everyone and that's doing the right way the professions that we were just talking about there's so many ways to do it great we are just drawing up on examples of a few people who have yeah. done it badly yeah. and I think yeah it's good that you pointed that out because we're not we're not saying that every psychiatrist every consultant is no lethal. definitely not and I've th- met
2: amazing ones yeah. um, and that's just how
1: you approach it yeah
2: in my like current role and throughout my career I, I suppose I've um, uh, like I, I design and deliver bespoke um, like engagement learning programmes um, for um uh, often quite complex uh, situations cases uh, what have you and i'm very very pro uh multidisciplinary approach to um a person's program person's care a person's um you know education and development like you 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 have to draw i'm not an expert in everything you have to draw on professionals in speech and language and psychology and um you know, med- medication where appropriate, um, you, occupational therapy, etc., etc. You need these um, specializations. You need ex like experts in these areas. The issue isn't with those professions, or individual professionals. It's it's the the sort of broken system that means that said. Professionals don't actually get to um, sort of go in and work hands-on with people for any length of time. You know, they're dipping in and out, turning up to a meeting every few every few months, with a few things written down on you know a couple of reports written down on paper, and trying to make a judgment, trying to give advice just based on that tiny little uh, you know sort of two, three, four-page report, and not actually having any hands-on understanding of the individual that they're working at. That's the real issue. Not yes. the professionals.
0: I've also seen things happen in the past with kind of professionals where they have kind of a fear. Like so, when I was uh, working in a primary school, you know, a lot of the parents we had there were a bit more kind of well off, um, and they, they, with a lot of them is this kind of fear that because the parents would threaten it that like if they don't get the results they want they take them to tribunal or whatever. So a lot of the times I found a lot of these professionals were just saying what they thought the parents wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas us, like in the school, I, most of the time I was one-to-one, a couple of occasions, two-to-one. Um, and and there were just times that we felt a bit powerless because the, these were all the reports that were kind of conflicting with ours but all of the other reports other than ours were saying this one so it looks like ours is the one that was kind of
1: but you're incorrect but when the we're on. the ones who've been there the yeah. entire
0: time and we're also not you know we're not well I wasn't maybe like higher ups in the school might have been but I personally wasn't like oh we're going to get taken to tribunal so I was more than happy because, because what, I, what I wanted was just what was best for the yeah. kid we were working with um, which is which I found quite, uh, quite frustrating at times. Was there was a bit of like, okay, you're looking out for yourself here when that's not what the job is. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's just kind of the system that's being put in place, and you know, if if you, something happened like you weren't to drop in, you'd be out of a job. You'd be you'd be done. Um, so that's just another thing I was just thinking. It's the behaviour
1: we're challenging. Oh. <laughs>
0: um. Self so plug. <laughs> like,
1: where do you stand on then? So you said you feel like you're a professional, but. Not
0: I've, I feel like yeah. I'm a professional in the sense that I have a job. Yeah. That's, exactly. That is my I, the definition yeah. of professional. I wouldn't say act professional in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> uh, if I am in you're a goddamn nuisance. If, if I am in a situation where I am supposed to be acting quite professional, I'm just very quiet, I find. I just kind of sit there and nod because I'm, you know. I don't want to say anything that may. Note: to podcast. If we ever find
1: Jack boring, just tell him it's a professional it's a episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He'll> stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I that's really interesting. And then the so experts by experience is something. Yeah, we I mistakenly said that you might consider yourself. But don't ever do yeah. it again. I won't I don't ever fucking talk right to now. me like that again. Yeah. But I think we I'm spoke about it. Show off, right? <laughs> we spoke about it before. But I think yeah, ground level experience is something so invaluable, and I think yeah. it's something that can be overlooked. I think not also, oops, by professionals. Sorry, professional, sorry um, I was actually speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Shut your mouth. <laughs> but something that can be overlooked, not necessarily by the actual individual professionals, but by the whole sector is that it can be seen, like you were saying. On paper, a psychiatrist should know more about someone than someone who just runs their youth club weekly. But actually, ground-level experience is the way you get to know someone. Like, parents do know the most about their children. Yeah. And that comes yeah. up um, quite a lot, and it happened to my brother, where it was like my mum clashing with people, where they were kind of... So we had a big inquest into what happened, and one of the key points that barristers would try and sort of blame my Mm. mum which I I think we're going to go to in another episode this whole thing of mother blaming but is that it was this idea that well a uh, consultant said my brother wasn't having seizures, Mm. this is a consultant my mum said that he was and then it's like well who knows so barristers would try and say well you're not a consultant Sarah so he wasn't but everyone you know it's a way more valid point you're their mum, you know them best so Mm. I think ground level experience is invaluable and I think that's a prime example of it being so key and that they need to work together not really combat because that was a moment where you had a consultant trying to cover their back and saying that no, this wasn't happening there wasn't seizure activity my mum's saying there was and it was like if if this consultant had actually listened my mum told her then what happened would have been avoided Mm. like it's very sort of you have to work they have to work in cohesion and consultants need to listen and parents also need to respect what consultants say and stuff like that which is sort of, yeah, I mean, it's an extreme example I happened to my brother, but it's something that is, it highlights the flaw where a consultant completely ignored yeah. a parent to you on the basis that they're not a psychiatrist, they don't know. When yeah. it's actually yeah. the most valuable, the person who knows them best will know, these are individuals, you know, their diagnosis doesn't really tell you anything about them that much. I mean, that's what we said in the intro, Jack might disagree, <laughs>
0: I agree God. sorry it's gonna have to kick I know you, you were in some arguments in. to really like add some spice but <laughs> I agree we should just get a
1: devil's advocate in <laughs> yeah don't agree with that with a devil voice as well
0: just comes in What's a devil? I don't agree with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a freaky voice comes in saying no devil Italian it, well, I was I heard
2: really. the yeah the League of Gentlemen on another oh, yeah. podcast <laughs> so I've got a Dave in my head yeah, yeah sorry. So I guess that
1: sorry you want the
2: professionals are invaluable for um you know bringing their professional expertise so uh, like specialists I, I meant to say um are invaluable for bringing you know professional expertise and offering insight into particular um you know issues or um yeah etc. but it, you you it doesn't make any sense to me that a professional specialist in any area wouldn't um defer to the parent for the um in in any particular case you know you wouldn't just and especially when something like that i mean we'll unpack the whole book in an you know in an episode because it's it's a we could get hours you know out, yeah, uh, uh, don't yeah, don't discussion topic, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you would think he, in, in that kind of case you would err on the side of caution you know okay this like this information this evidence that you know testimony like opinion of a, uh, a mother is um, you know come to me I'd I'm I have my doubts as to whether or not um, this is actual seizure activity, but less behaviours. If it was, yeah, um, that's because the we thing don't always know. Like,
1: I think that's the thing that always confused me was why you wouldn't just be on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah. like you said, how like, would you dismiss it? Yeah, you say, d- the no, dismissal is No, the like, don't think so. And then obviously it comes around to be true that it was seizure activity, isn't it? and it mm. like it all goes. The worst case scenario happens, and it's just like I can't help but wonder if that consultant. I don't know if we should name them, we won't name them, but it's named in the book, right? Yeah, they're named in the book, but, um, in all good, all good (laughs) bookshops. She, yeah, it's just that, I mean, she must just think if she has a conscience, she must just think, um, why didn't I just go on extra alert, even if I didn't believe it? Like, and in hindsight, like hindsight was obviously great. It's really easy to say things in hindsight, but yeah. I can't imagine that I wouldn't be more on edge of someone's mum told me that they thought they were. That's our... Yeah, I think that wraps up experts' by experience quite well, but... Yeah. It's kind of the...
0: I was just thinking as well, um, uh, so we talked a lot about, um, like, experts, and, experts. sorry, no, professionals, uh, like, talking to the parents and things, but I find there's a lot where the things aren't actually explained to, like, the ch- child or young person themselves. And I was just yeah. thinking, like, there was loads of stuff that I didn't know, dyspraxia-wise, for ages, like, because they didn't explain it all. Um, and these are all things I've kind of pieced together from my own research, like, years later. I mean, my parents could have told me as well, I guess, but they didn't. But it's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, let's <get laughs> your parents on. That's Do you, sure. how,
2: how does that, how
0: do, does your dyspraxia
2: impact on, on you. Oh, more...
0: crikey. Um, there are so many different ways. I don't know, like... It's just, I find an odd things. It's fairly common, but most people, if you say dyspraxion of water, and I think it's like one in ten, people well, kids have it. A lot of people kind of have it in they not, They're not in the sort of part of the spectrum that I'm in, the medium to severe. I don't know what they call it now, but... Um, so... It's so there's so and it kind of there are kind of things which kind of rip along which aren't necessarily a part of the I don't know what you even call it. Is it a condition is it a, I don't know what it is this is some of the things yeah, so, I don't so how are you comfortable with I don't have a, I don't know it. I've never known how to describe it and this is part of um, like yeah. the thing. I think I there's something I have I feel like I don't know that much about it and it's never really been explained but right. I think. The Reason that, like, my parents haven't explained it to me because they probably didn't get it actually, sure. explained that way. Didn't have well the to education there. themselves. Um, and it's just one of those odd things. I don't want to make this like the dyspraxia hour with Jagbarlet. Um, what about you, Jack? <laughs> um, Jesus, but just to like focus on the dyspraxia thing, like I said, it's not like it's probably, probably not as common as dyslexia, but not that far from it. But it's just one of those things people just don't seem to know about it, yeah. Um, which I find quite interesting kind of veering off topic now though uh, but so there's all sorts of different ways it kind of affects uh, me particularly but obviously with different people it has different kind of things Yeah. Um, hand eye coordination is, a, is obviously the main one that's you know, going to be the same with most people but there's all sorts of things I discovered um, when I was in college one of the things we had to do for our like key skills or whatever is you just had to write like a small essay about anything so I was like, oh, i actually going to write one about dyspraxia. And then I just kind of did all the research myself. And I was like, there's some stuff. And, and, and at the same time, I find it hard to separate what could be the dyspraxia and what's me. Because um, I don't, like, when I first t- mentioned it to Tom, like, the other day, he had no idea I had it. Because I try and, like, not let it be. Yeah, not let,
1: and it's it's not really it in any way. if simple. you want
0: I don't to, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, I used to be, like, I used to get so embarrassed when people saw my handwriting. i I still do sometimes. Um, like if I ever have to I don't have a signature I don't know if any of you I don't know if you've been in a situation where I have to sign something where I just write print my name that's what my signature is they're easily forgeable. so if anyone wants to steal my identity <laughs> you're more than welcome to give it a go um, uh, and it's, it's you know it's, I find it quite hard to differentiate like what is actually like my own kind of what is me and what is the dyspraxia sure like so one of the things which is probably less known about it is it does, like I mentioned earlier is it affects your sleep and how well you can sleep. And it's sort of like the way your brain shuts down and cause it kind of firing different information everywhere all the time. I think I could be wrong, um, but for a long time, I thought I was just a terrible sleeper, but it could be that I am just a terrible sleeper as well as that. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think that when it comes to dyspraxia, I, just education wise, Oh no, no one seems to know about it. It's not someone who has much awareness despite mm. being and even as someone who has it, I don't know much about it
2: yeah so um, that's really interesting um whereas dyslexia is um like more and more people are aware of and yeah. um you know a- understanding of the impact that it has on people and um you know, and, and willing to put measures in place to try and help guide people and support people if there are sort of sufferers of it. Um, if you like, I'm doing inverted commas, yeah, speech marks. You can't see for the benefit of the podcast. But yeah, dyspraxia, is, is that's interesting that even to people uh, that have it, it's not At something least that's as well me educated. Now. It could
0: it. be very different for yeah kids these days. Um, and there are probably people older than me that know even less, I don't know it's hard to say because um, I mean, as much as I want to like draw my own experience about it I don't know I can't say this is how it is these days because yeah. I don't know mm. um,
1: but I think your own experience is still like invaluable and a really interesting point because what you said is it's something we referenced last episode but this whole thing of there's a, a lack of integration not so much on, but we're talking more like learning difficulties as a whole. I'm not just saying for people with dyspraxia. Yeah. but So, like, this lack of integration and people who haven't spoken to people with learning difficulties or people who've never spoken to someone with autism, a lot of that comes from, like, a, like the fact that our society doesn't fully integrate as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that does completely come from, like, a lack of education on it. Like, you... Firstly, like you were saying, people might not think they've ever met someone with dyspraxia, and they have. But also, secondly, if, if you're not sure if you're never educated on what it means it seems a lot I don't want it for lack of a better word like more serious
0: like yeah.
1: like scarier in a way that like if it's, it's like having, uh,
0: having something with an X in it
1: yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's the thing and it's it's it... terrifying we talk we, I'm sure it'll come up it's all the time but...
0: um, I Bad also ass. have uh, something called dystonia which I'm fairly lucky with because that can be quite extreme like it can be have people like wheelchair bound and things so I feel kind of uh, relieved in a way about that but it does make me kind of fearful for when I'm an old man <laughs> because the combination of those two things will be quite quite the experience I imagine um,
1: what what does, how does this, I don't so know dystonia, about dystonia,
0: it's just uh, kind of like a a lack of muscle tone, I don't know if a lack is the right word. basically I have an issue with is muscle tone um, so you know, you can get tired quite easily, that kind of thing, muscles and stuff but you know, it's not that big a deal and i, j- I try not to come like complain about that um just still know sexy, it can though, be Jack. it can be a lot it can be you know i'm quite lucky where it comes to dystonia so i don't have any qualms of it like i'm just thankful i don't have it to the degree that other people have it
2: um yeah, I don't, you don't kid i i'm not really that familiar with dystonia but, uh, yeah i think there must it? be
0: so many things that none of us are actually that aware yeah. of mm. um and come, even doing the work we do there's going to be some yeah. things which we don't we haven't come across and that's the end of my point <laughs> like it does,
2: it's it, a bloody good one
1: yeah it was, it's I mean it's super I a little victory swing <laughs> it's super interesting because we we kept reiterating last week that we aren't with by no means experts and what we say doesn't at all go and I think that just showed it again like we're coming at it from hopefully an interesting perspective but that doesn't mean we... Just because we, like, especially you guys, work full-time in the sector, I do stuff in the sector, doesn't mean at all that I know all the conditions, what they mean, where they manifest themselves. And I think, again, it comes back to, for us, it's not even the condition itself isn't that important. It's how you present yourself. Very and like good. you've said, you don't like it to sort of uh, dictate your life. and yeah, to it's and, quite and,
0: interesting. I always like to say... Um, I don't let it. I don't like to let it define me. But in a way, the way that I don't want it to define me helps define me. (laughs) So it kind of it does in a way. My brain, but yeah, it
1: comes back to you. The the words themselves have very little meaning Hmm. because they manifest. Like you were saying with dystonia, some people can be wheelchair bound. You said you've got quite. You said lucky. That you're that it's not too bad on you. Like so, the word itself, you could be next to someone in a wheelchair and you both have dystonia, but it means something completely different. And to that's you. the same with any. any yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean yeah. that, it, it's so interesting and kind of strange and comes again with a lack of education, but also just a lack of words. Maybe but maybe we, is we need more words. If there, if there are like
0: <laughs> there is, if there is such a massive and broad thing, how can how is there a way that you can educate people on everything?
1: Mm, yeah, no, it's interesting. We can guess, podcast about it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> tune Let's in go. every week. <laughs> a lot of Pork! episodes. <laughs> but I think it. it I think integration, the, the hope, hopeful integration of society fully, has to start with everyone having at least a basic
0: education into mm-hmm. sort of
1: just even debunking the most ridiculous of myths and things mm.
0: like that, and ones that. Are, sort of just I think ludicrous. Come to, at least uh, come from when I worked in a school. It's quite hard to find that balance of in, where it's a going great for the integration, but at the same time, uh, if it's going to like serve the kid well, um, yeah. Like so, a lot of times, you know, great. We have them in the cl- like have them in the classroom. Uh, all the other kids kind of learn about it. We've had. Um, I could pick up two particular boy uh, people that uh, would be were you know great for to have around and very and you can see it now the impact it's had on these guys and their kind of attitudes towards, um, uh, and but at the same time were were the were the kids themselves with the learning difficulties getting what they needed um, from being in that school uh, socially. Yes, but other things, maybe not so much. And it's trying to find that right balance. Yeah. Because I found a lot of time, as great as it was for this person to be in the classroom, we actually had to take them out of the classroom a lot to do their own sort of work. So it wasn't actually happening to that sort of degree. And I think it's going to be a kind of, this is probably another episode another point. There's always this whole thing where um, the kind of the choice whether to go to a mainstream school or a specialist school, and a lot of parents, um, you know, want to try out mainstream school and like, like a bid to, it's probably more for themselves to be like, yes, this, my kid can be like in society and I'm mm. with everyone. And just so like, what a difficult choice that must be. Yeah. Um, I find the. Um... But wouldn't
2: it be amazing if it wasn't, if it was, if it was not a choice between your child being. Integrated yeah. into like society, into mainstream society, or being in a like special school. In inverted commerce. I find that
1: even the phrase like special school seems to yeah. It's like, I d- is that even I, like, well? No, I'm not, say, I'm not saying it, it's, it's the correct terminology, and I think with, there's a whole other podcast in here about whether when a word's, it's the it's word it's correct word to use, but there's generally. like a lack of a better word. Yeah.
2: Well, right, if it, you want to, ideally, it would be seen as a like specialist type of uh, you know specialist school where somebody could get really uh, um, get taught and educated by people who um, really understood what their specific needs were and how best to engage them and um, it, it, and it, and where it, it didn't need to be a separate entity you know yeah. uh, somewhere where you are you know you, you sort of get institutionalised to a certain degree and end up just dipping out to the same sorts of cafes or yeah. whatever, and, and be, sort of becoming automatically becoming a separate portion of society. You know, if it, if it just meant a place where, uh, you know, if it, if it just meant you need, like in a hospital, for example, if you go to a particular, you know, ward that specialises in, um, you know, anything blood.
1: Yeah. oh yeah the blood, blood ward right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> but you actually of all the wards you could have chosen <laughs> <you've> chosen <laughs> non-existent wards is that not, is that not <laughs> it there's it a specialism is. right corpse yeah. I uh, just don't know if there's a rather. ward for blood well the lab
2: it doesn't matter if there's a bloody than ward than than does it <laughs> <laughs> a bloody ward lungs I should have said uh, yeah, lung ward. legs <laughs> and feet we're going off you are
1: making a really good point you were saying they did the point of doesn't have to be a whole
2: ward yeah. you know little department a little office where you get your bloods done you know I'm really gonna work hard to qualify the
1: but you yeah the,
2: choosing blood is my example
1: the, the choice between <laughs> sort of it shouldn't dictate anything else it all should the, just be your education the, it should be just be a hospital where everyone yeah. it's just everywhere education should just be education it shouldn't be yeah and no. you, you summed it up so like par- and it's really powerful and I think I feel like we should say it again just to read re- it as powerful but when you said like can you uh, say qu- my
0: name at the end of the quote please
1: I'll put, yeah I'll put a squiggly uh, squiggly whatever they're called um, feel free to
2: leave my name off of the blood, uh, <laughs> blood <laughs>
0: 2017.
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just put that as the the board. <laughs> <laughs> end of every episode <laughs> But yeah, the the point you made that was so powerful is like for parents, it can be choosing what school they go to. It can be the choice between your child having a chance to integrate fully into society, or the ch- or your child getting sort of education that will benefit them specifically. And for that, is a decision that is must be so difficult. And w- I, why why does anyone have that decision mm-hmm. that's horrendous and i i mean I just wanted to say it again because yeah. you you said it when you were speaking but it's it's so powerful you you articulated it better than I think i could um
0: just, but you know there it, it does happen there are schools with like a unit and then they do loads of stuff together um but well, you know if that if that could be every school that would be amazing but you know how how that would work I don't know there's a lot of things i don't know for us sitting here enjoying our beverages is very easy for us to be like, well, it should be this way, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how we can make things that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. For all I know, these things are literally impossible. I don't know.
1: I think it's it's our job to question, though. Yeah, it's exactly. our job to That's... Sort of, and I think that there was a really powerful. I can't remember where it came from, so I'm not trying to steal someone's point. Someone on Twitter, there it was a, it was after a conference, and they've been discussing this whole thing of um having like, one to one, like a TA one-to-one with someone in school mm-hmm. and whether or not that was beneficial or not for someone with learning difficulties and additional needs because they tweeted really powerfully so they had a child with additional needs and a child without and they said, my child with additional needs has peers, my child without additional needs has friends. My like the the sort of language and the way that it's it's sort of like because you are isolated even within your own lesson because you're always that of a teacher and it's Mm. but then it's also like like you were saying there's there's not necessarily another way it can work it's just interesting because you I mean remember primary school kids are savage and you it's before you it's before you've (laughs) learned you've truly learned
2: worse in secondary school
1: (laughs) but yeah kids kids are Mm -hmm. cruel and it's but everyone's trying to establish themselves and people don't really hold back and I think you become you become some sort of target because you're always sat with a teacher and it's but it shouldn't be that way because if you need the extra support it shouldn't be an issue but it's like Mm. part of me always thinks when I saw it in my lessons I always used to find it like really really upset me and worried me because I was like I don't like that this person is seeming like they're different to everyone else just because they're sat with a teacher all the time and like I always used to be like well I I wish everyone was just sat you know they were sharing a two man desk with another person their age like but then again, that doesn't mean that there's a solution. And yeah.
0: I mean, we we're, we're, the only time where, you know, we'd have uh, a kid, at least this is how I tried to do it anyway, a kid not sat next to another kid, is just if there was any kind of chance he might hurt the other one. Otherwise, i try and, TA-wise, yeah. probably wasn't a very good TA, so i try and let them do as much by themselves as possible. I was uh, actually I never kind did. of sat down and just kind of, just watched just to make sure they were okay. Yeah, the only time I'd kind of, you know, would have to sit with them as there were a couple of times where there was kind of uh, a physical need, like yeah. where I'd need to kind of help them there. But otherwise, I'd try and uh, sometimes it wasn't always the way, There'd, but it was kind of good in a way for them just to go and suddenly. So it's, it's quite overwhelming to have just a bunch of kids everywhere, so it's just nice for them to go out of the classroom just for a bit. Yeah. Um. But there was this one thing, uh, one person I thought can think of in particular, where it got to a point where he just, he just never in the classroom and he had to have separate break times everyone just because. He would be so. He could flip, like, like professionals, as we were talking about earlier on, came in and said they've never seen like a kid kind of flip go from zero to sixty as quickly as he used to, and it just got to a point where you know it wasn't safe for him to be there with everyone else. And as much as I, you know, we tried to encourage it, it just didn't happen that way. So it's it's very much case by case basis. Yeah, uh, yeah, because and I mean, it, it might important. not be
2: right. It's not about. Segregating that individual because it's not safe for everyone else necessarily. Sometimes, like this, the environment isn't the most conducive to this mm-hmm. person's learning. It's not about removing them from everyone else, it's about finding um, a, a situation that they're comfortable in, they're ha- happy in, and um, like working with them there. You know, and not, and I don't mean in a quiet space away from everyone, I mean working with them from that place. So you've taken out all of the stresses and all of the um, you know, possible sensory, um, uh, like, problems that might arise and you can um, build up, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that I'm going to be overusing this phrase, but building that relationship, building that trust, um, and, p- like, positioning yourself so that you're somebody um, who can help to facilitate their um Sort of integration, they're growing comfort and like sort of guiding them um, as they develop, and hoping that you know the more sort of intensive work that you can do with them um, will make them more and more comfortable in uh, you know like busier spaces as time goes on. But um, yeah, it doesn't have to be about removing that person from society, it's about creating a you know, an effective, like, a comfortable working space for them.
1: Yeah, I think mean, you've just shown like there are there are multiple ways to do things, and it's not the what I was saying then about TAs sat one to one. I'm not even I'm not saying that the TAs doing it were wrong. I'm not saying that mm. the situation didn't require it. Require it, sorry. I'm just saying like we're we're talking on ideals, and I one of the reasons. Really yeah, I'm not. I'm just clarifying in case there's any listeners yeah, who thought I yeah. was. Um, but like the reason we set this up was that we were we want to discuss what we see as sort of problems or things we don't necessarily personally think are the best but that doesn't mean that there's necessarily another way it's yeah. just we just and in an idea i mean there's probably there must be another way but that doesn't mean it's an easy way or a a, a doable way but it mm-hmm. and it's interesting to just discuss it especially with the point of view you've got from doing being a ta but like even the fact that you said you, you always approached it with the hope that you can have peer interaction <laughs> and i remember we were on a residential and i was i was 17 so i was the same age as quite a lot of people we were working with and you asked me whether that bothered me and i do i've always thought like being so close to the age of the people that i'm supposedly staff around mm. is is really strange because i i don't feel like i'm in a position to to actually have that Impact and like I want to encourage peer interaction, but then I also feel like I'm in a way one of their peers. So like it's kind of a, it's a different aspect of looking at that TA sort of student where like you you're trying to promote peer interaction. But when I was like the same age, I was always a bit like I kind of the dream scenario is that I'm not needed. Like I'm I don't even need to turn up because sure. it's it's not in such a set up situation. I guess the dream scenario is. The overall dream is that the ta's aren't needed as well like it's it's so sort of every it's integrated and it's all working perfectly like clockwork i mean I'm, yeah. this is very dream but like it's the same and i find when i'm like helping out at a youth club or activity day it's like the overall dream as much as i enjoy being there is that we don't need to be there because these yeah. this group of people can hang out without it having to be so structured like and i struggle with that being the same age as the people because i always used to think these guys see their friends what like once a week for 2 hours in this really structured environment with loads of staff on hand whereas like whenever i want to see my mates it's just like texting them and then mm-hmm. they come over and it can yeah. be and i always i've always struggled with that and i think that's like we it's just good to clarify that we are talking about sort of what we see as issues but that doesn't mean that there's a solution yeah, i don't always know
2: the answer it, um, the age thing I've, is interesting i probably asked i probably asked that uh, Um, sort of just out of interest we may have even mentioned it um, you know in conversation before that but um, because I don't I don't think about my age when I'm because obviously you know I'm still a very young very handsome young man Um, so my age isn't an issue for for me Um, and but it's it's like it's really not a it's not a very prevalent part of my thinking when I'm working with people, interacting um, with people. I'm a bit of a, I mean, sometimes a bit of a big kid, especially in activities and things. I love to play and like, mm-hmm. run around and just doth about them and all stuff. In that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Have fun we'll we'll in enjoy soft me. play areas. Never seen
0: anyone more red than... Adam, after us. <laughs> when we went to a trampoline park, yeah, I oh, bloody and love it. it. It's that so whole fun. week as well, we were <laughs> we were wrecks, our bodies. Yeah, we yeah. Were just complaining the entire week after we went there. I love it. <laughs> and, th- and and and
2: even when you when you need to be um, intervening in situations that might be occurring, spats between people, um, you know, just generally inadvisable. Behavior that might get legs broken and, and things like that, or when the you know with anything where you need to be a bit of a sort of you know try and be a bit of a mentor and offer some guidance. You know, it's not uh it, my age never comes into it for me. It's not about being the adult in the room or being the not the parental figure, but you know, I've said it well enough. Being the adult, you know, and telling the children how they ought to be behaving and how we expect I expect them to be behaving it's all I I always try and make sure it's coming from a place of sort of empathy and understanding like if I the amount of times I've said you know if I was like if if I I was at home if I was in my own like personal time when I'm at home swearing for it for example is probably a good example when I'm at home I swear like an absolute trooper like you know, I don't care. Okay, I'll use the filthiest of filthy words. But when we're out in, um, you know, a, like a public space, we have to we have to know the difference between um, what is and isn't appropriate. So I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not judging you or telling you you mustn't use that language. I'd be a hypocrite if I did. Or you mustn't behave like this because I've done some pretty inadvisable things over the course of my life. Um, it's just that this is, like, in this context, in this situation, you're going to run into a bit of trouble, you know. You're going to get told off. And you're, like, in this particular work like, activity um, context, I kind of have to stop you from doing it. So it's not that I want to be on your on your back, and it's not that I think I'm above, you know, the behaviour. I just, um, you know, you, you need to be able to moderate it here and now. And I think having that... Openness and that, like honesty and sort of respect with the people go, goes goes a, a long way. But it's never about my, I never approach it from, you know, the position of my age. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it, I imagine it's true. It would become more true for you if it's not already. You know, it's not about being the same age as somebody and telling people what to do. It's about saying, yeah, guys, this. Yeah, like, I think this the, the the this is what's gonna like happen if we,
1: yeah, like, if we do this. And it's, I mean, the thing about my age that I've always found is that it's more something I find uncomfortable than I think. Yeah, other people do. I just always used to find it like because I'm very much, I I, I find the whole youth club set up and things like that. I think they're amazing things, but then there's always that part of me that just thinks like it's it's in themselves. It's it's sad that they exist because you know they what they provide for this group of people is something that is so kind of for for some of them it is the only time they'll see their friends outside of school and that, that I really used to struggle with that especially when I started because mm. I would kind of I always took for granted that I would just hit up my friends whenever I wanted to do something and they'd yeah. just come around and that's something that not everyone can do mm-hmm. so that was something so I just thought from my age point of view I think is yeah it's not I never approach it like well do this blah 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 because for two, for the one reason that I did, I don't think it works particularly well from the way that I present myself, I'm not saying that you being strict isn't something important. Like I, I never really am. I've, I've we've had this discussion before. I don't really have the dad voice to make the point, but I think it's invaluable having people who can be strict because it's pack of, it in. Yeah, but as <laughs> if and it's not something to do with like learning difficulties. Any group of children, like any group yeah, of people, yeah. young people, you do need people who are just like Oi, no but I have never, I can never come at it from that point of view. One, because I always present myself, like you were saying, like a bit of a big kid, like it wouldn't really make sense for me to suddenly switch up and be like, no. And secondly, because he's, a lot of the time you're kind of trying to hone in on stuff that you would be doing with your friends anyway. And then I'd just be like, and I feel like as well, they, it, being patronizing is something you always want to be aware of and careful speaking to anyone. But especially yeah. when you're speaking to people your own age, it's. It, it'd be ridiculous to say anything sort of remotely. It's so easy to branch into patronism, which is why I'd always be just aware. I don't think I ever did, but I think I would just always try and be aware and sort of come at it from a point of view of like, well, yeah, and we're the same age. And like, we'd be just, we have the exact same interests, like me and yeah. a load of the people at youth club. So it would, be, it would be ridiculous for us to be chatting about something like Rick and Morty or something, like a show that's really inappropriate. And then for me to suddenly go, ah, oh, yeah, I watched that. And then be like, but you mustn't mention it because it's really inappropriate and, you can't yeah, quote yeah, it yeah. here because I quote it all the time when I'm not there, so it, it doesn't make sense for me to call someone out on it.
2: That's exactly the thing, though. That's that's what I mean when I say it. it's about not being authoritarian. You know, not saying no, like and being unrealistic about the world that you're living in and the interactions that we all have. It's not about saying no, you mustn't do that. That's um, that's bad. I think you get it's 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 so much more uh, effective when you can say i um when you can say when you can muck in you know a- act like the big kid mess around and then uh, but but and then have the respect from the people um that you're working with to um to the point where you can then say when you really need to look this is this is the point where i have to not where I have to draw a line, but this is where I think we should stop and rein ourselves in. And this is why, like, it's yeah, not it's just because I'm why. telling you. Yeah, s- no. Exactly. Yeah. This is the reason. Like, we can't do this, and I can't. I can't just say that this. So, this, you know, and run with it as if it's okay. Because this is why. This is what's um, really going to happen. It's not about me imposing rules or punishments or anything. This is why this is a bad idea. It's not gonna, not going to be good. Good, like for it, for us or or you.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you stand on that, Jack?
0: I'm very much the same. As long as there's a white, I mean, yeah. I can't, I am, you know, I'm activity manager and I don't have the dad voice at all. I can't even, like, do a pretend one. I'm very, but I think, you know, uh, I think Adam pretty much hit the nail on the head when he said empathy. Um, so I, I was going to say, like, oh, if feel would, like, for like the professionals or the kind of jobs we do, what would be like the three most important traits you think someone would have? And for me it would be yeah. empathy, listening and patience. Mm. And that's how I kind of approach those situations is okay. Fair enough. You like there are quite a lot of times where you can explain why, but they still don't quite understand it. And you know, it's not a big deal. Um, and that, that's something I don't like I, when I see other kind of professionals do it. Um, kind of being overly strict with, like, unnecessarily in a way, I guess, where, okay, they have done this, but what is the actual major impact that's happened here? Um, and I'm, you know, I think I'm quite lenient um, coming from, like, a playwork background and the importance of um, taking risks and, um, like, uh, you know, if there is a conflict between two of them, them trying to reach a res- like as little intervention as possible. So unless there's, you know, it looks like it's going to get pretty nasty, um, like physically or whatever, I think it's good to let them. Because imagine, especially working with you know people with uh, learning difficulties and things, is not something that happens often where they are left to see if they can resolve something themselves. Because um, the immediate thing is, oh, it's going to kick off if we don't intervene right now, and like jump on top of them or whatever. I mean it does happen we've seen it happen a couple of times um but you know you're always prepared for that eventuality but sometimes I think people can intervene far too early
2: yeah that's
0: right. I, mean, I think you need and to it be able comes to... from like what we were saying earlier on as well it's is getting to know yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so that you that's know. the key and I think the... um I'll get, like, we're not going to have time to talk about it because we were going to talk about like the anxieties we have. I think, yeah, we yeah I think we'll just have to do that in the, the next episode. we have yeah. to do it in the next one. But, um, and that is one of the things when you don't know them, it's like, that's my main kind of anxiety is like, are they going to at one point just flip and hurt someone? And that's, that's the main thing to me, as long as no one gets hurt, that's what I find the most important. Mm. If, okay, we're out in public, someone swears, you explain swearing's not great, it's not like the end of the world. There's no need to, like, shout at them or anything like that, where, you know, other people might do that, And it's the same for anyone, not just anyone. It's just kids and young people in general, um, just taking the time. Yeah. And (laughs) the patience that you may explain it to them once doesn't mean they're going to quite understand it. doesn't even necessarily mean they were listening to you. Yeah. But... um,
2: You can get so far when you sketch out the parameters for success as well as um, uh, identifying... Um, areas where you're going to stamp down on them. It's not just about imposing rules like you mustn't do this, you mustn't mm-hmm. do this, you mustn't do this. If you're uh, in, it can it can be so so effective when you um, have a have a group of young people who are, um, you know, sometimes it's not again not specific to learning difficulties. So I'm just going to say naughty little children. <laughs> you know, kids who like to who like That's to run around PFC. tearing stuff up yeah. and. <laughs> I, I get, I'm not talking about learning difficulties, autism, or anything else. Just, it's just people who like know, to know, tear tear it's stuff it's... up, who, who like to mess around, and like to swear at you and shout and not swear at you. like to swear and shout and like muck around. It's like you know, kids being kids. You can like, I think, I really believe you only get so far when you position yourself where you're you're the person saying, "Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that." Especially where like swearing is such a good example because you're actually uh, you're actually like like instructing dictating um, to young people that they must behave in a way that is not realistic it's not true of how you behave in your own Like in your own in your own personal time, and I just don't believe it comes across as authentic. Whereas if you're willing to muck around with kids a little bit and like muck in and be just a normal person, then when it comes to a time where you really do need to step in and like put your foot down for want of a better um, better phrase, when you do really need to say, look, this isn't okay, um, then I think people are that much more willing to listen to you because they know that you're not just like busting their asses all the time um, you know getting on their back you are honestly and authentically interested in, in that in having a relationship with them you know and, and working with them as, as people not just stepping in and stomping on them when you, yeah. when you, when you don't like their behaviour
0: and also when it comes to swearing it's a way of like the, for them to like express themselves and yeah, being yeah. told like no that is not how you can express what you are like as a person I think that's quite um, uh, just not oh, a nice oppressing yeah mm, in a yeah. way I think it's
2: so unrealistic to tell people you mustn't ever use this language it's because okay. they do like yeah. we do people
0: yeah, I mean, do it's like just, say, just explaining okay it's fair enough you know You you especially when they're older like you're, they're at an age where if you want to swear I swear but just knowing where it's appropriate yeah exactly the when and the where that, it's not the it's it's not the usually fine yeah, as soon as you say like it's fair enough, like, and I always find, at least when I was working in youth service, and these were like mainstream, like, swearing yourself was actually quite a good way of building up a relationship yeah, with them as well. Sort of showing uh, yeah. not a- It's it's different with us because obviously there's a much more kind of varied group going on there, and we, I was talking about this with Tom earlier, um, and like the kind of worry that if you did one of, the, like, uh, kids or young people like hears you doing this at the same time, then goes off and. Goes, oh, mom, Jack said shit. <laughs> um, so
2: yeah,
0: but um, yeah, but it's just a, but it's about it's explaining word the word why, context. discussing those yeah, things, exactly. like, yeah,
2: um, I think Yeah, having an open dialogue about it, and 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 being upfront about how the the rules, you know, the so- social rules, apply to you just as much as they, as they do anyone else. Sure, if it's just me and you, um, you know, trying to set. a Fire and I burn myself. I can go shit <laughs> like that, but we can both then we can have a discussion about how you know that's just a normal thing. You know that's not so bad. I'm not going to bust you up for that. But if we then walk back into a room of um, you know 11 to 13 year olds and you start sa- shouting shit, I'm going to have to say
1: yeah, Christ, boy, pack it in. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like- I think that. I mean, in, I'm just keeping an eye on the time. Like we're pretty much our of- timings I think it's a really good way to end isn't it it's, uh, it's about knowing the individuals on the first basis of like whether or not swearing is a good thing for. because if it's out of the ordinary then you might pick up on it more than if it's something that they are more likely to do but also then yeah then it becomes knowing the when to pick up on it and when to let it slide out of sort of just to show that who, who really
2: cares it's about being human with people
1: yeah I mm-hmm. think, humans interacting there. with humans as we said as we um, said in the intro episode. Full Sorry. humans, subatomic, subatomic, human, 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 full humans. Yeah, cool. I guess that wraps up. That's up episode. We'll wrap two. it on up, Tom. Check the rhyme. Get the sellotape. Hey. Sweet. So that was our episode of Challenging Behaviors, the podcast that aims to challenge our behaviours and your behaviours in the realm of learning difficulties and autism and things along those lines. We hope you enjoyed it. We spoke about experts by experience. We spoke about Jack. Well, Jack developed on his own experiences and we even touched on some scenarios and the way we'd approach them personally ourselves. Feel free to leave us a comment. Tweet me at RapidRhino. Let us know what you think. All the links are on our website. We're trying to open the discussion, so if you have anything to say, you know, let us know. Thanks for listening, though. We'll be back again
0: soon. Cheers. Thanks so much. Yeah. Bye.